So I talk to my clients about the honey badger fangs. This is especially important when it comes to making the impossible happen. You cannot be contorting yourself to what everyone else wants and needs of you. You cannot be bending over backwards, trying to be chosen, trying to be special, trying to be irreplaceable, significant to other people. If you're doing that, you're in your subconscious winning strategy and at some point you will burn out from it. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zmore, and today I want to talk about the honey badger phase and how we can honor our needs with grace and kindness. If you're not familiar with the honey badger, we will link to the honey badger video with narration by Randall. Please note this is an explicit, not safe for work video. There is swearing. And essentially it's a video showing the animal, the honey badger, in different situations and experiences and encounters with other animals and the overall gist that the honey badger is incredibly tough like you don't mess with the honey badger and the constant repeated phrase throughout the mantra that became a meme that became viral that kind of went around is the honey badger just don't give a shit and channeling the honey badger and that don't give a shit attitude is something that was actually really important and powerful for me during my healing journey. So that's what this episode is about. If you're not familiar with my story, you can grab a copy of my book, Unravel, Rising Up and Coming Back from a challenging chapter that damn near killed me. We will link to that in the show notes as well. But essentially, I went through a series of experiences. I had a very traumatic loss. I'm a suicide loss survivor, had very bad PTSD. That PTSD led me into an abusive relationship. That combination of events stacking on top of each other led to some pretty serious health issues for me, one of them being dysphagia. That's where you don't have the ability to swallow. So I couldn't eat or drink every day, let alone swallow my own saliva for nine days. And this perpetuated to some degree for a year. It was a year before I could eat and drink normally. After I got out of the abusive relationship and I was recovering, beginning to recover from the dysphagia, I entered what I call my honey badger phase. And that is where it wasn't that I didn't give a shit. It's that I couldn't put other people's wants and needs ahead of my own. What I learned from going through all of the tests, all of the different interactions with doctors and psychiatrists, well, not psychiatrists, but therapists, I got to the root of the dysphagia and it was anxiety based. It was from swallowing my truth for so long, for so many years, especially within that abusive relationship, to the point that I physically could no longer do that. I couldn't swallow my truth, couldn't keep quiet about it, couldn't even wait for the right, most convenient moment to share my truth. I couldn't be anywhere that I didn't want to be, couldn't do anything that I didn't want to do. For example, I remember going to brunch with a friend and starting to feel overwhelmed by the interaction itself, by the place that we were. It was loud. It was a weekend brunch. There was a lot going on, a lot of people talking, clanking, this and that, and realizing that I didn't want to be there anymore. I didn't have the luxury of saying, hey, I'd like to leave. Let's wrap things up here and waiting the five or 10 minutes before I could get out the door. I had to leave right then. Otherwise, I would stop swallowing. I would start to struggle to swallow again. I was once at a weekend workshop that a friend was doing and in this workshop where we were supposed to close our eyes and follow along with the guided visualization. And I immediately felt that sense of panic, that sense of being trapped, 
not being able to move freely how I wanted and needed and had to open my eyes, had to leave the event right in the middle of it, right when it was rude and inconvenient. And so this was a stage of my healing where I had to flip to the other end. So I had been contorting myself, shrinking myself, altering how I showed up, what parts of myself I shared with people. I had been conforming to what others wanted and needed to me. Sometimes what they wanted and needed from me was just pressure or emotionally abusive or toxic. And other times there was physical abuse where I didn't physically have the choice to move away from or change my circumstances and situations. And so my body could not tolerate it anymore. I had gone well beyond the line of toleration for doing anything that didn't feel right and aligned for me. And it wasn't just that it would be uncomfortable. It wasn't just that I would be anxious. I would literally stop being able to swallow again. And having not eaten or drank anything for nine days, getting one IV throughout that process, almost dying from the dysphagia, it wasn't worth it to me to put someone else's comfort or preference or desires before my own. And I really did not have a choice. Anytime that I would try, oh, if I just just say that I want to leave and I'll just hang out here for the next five, 10 minutes, I would start to choke on my saliva. My body wouldn't let me do it if I stayed in a grocery store for longer than I wanted to be there. One time I went with a friend to Costco and I had to leave them in the aisles because I knew I needed to get out. And if I didn't, I would start choking. So this was kind of thrust upon me. And before this, I had been contorting myself to be what others wanted and needed for me. I was making myself more palatable so that I would be chosen so I could feel safe, secure, and successful. This is a big part of my subconscious winning strategy to listen for what's wanted and needed and to be the best version of that thing that I can be. So going through the dysphagia, going through the breakdown of my body, my physical and my mental, my emotional health, I had to flip to the other side of the spectrum. And I called this my honey badger phase because I had to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it. I had to speak my truth the second that I felt it. Otherwise, the consequences were too great. It wasn't just contorting myself, abandoning myself. It wasn't just the anxiety, like I said, the discomfort of being somewhere that I didn't want to be. I would start to choke. And I write about this in the book. It wasn't that I didn't give a shit. Because that's the honey badger mantra, right? Like honey badger don't give a shit. Honey badger's going to do what honey badger's going to do. And honey badger doesn't care what any other animal in the animal kingdom thinks about it or feels about it like the honey badger does what the honey badger does. And for me, I had to adopt that mantra of honey badger don't give a shit. But I did care. I did care partially from old conditioning of this is how I stay safe, secure, and successful. This is how I've gotten love and belonging this far in my life. The fear of rejection and abandonment, fear of abuse and toxicity. And also I cared. I cared about my friends. I cared about my family. I cared about the people that I was with. I cared about whoever was organizing the event that I was at, whoever I was with at the grocery store that had asked for my help. I cared because I am a person who cares. Most of us care about the people that we love, especially if I was at an event with somebody. It was their event and I have to get up and leave in the middle of it. I have to say, no, I can't do this. I'd have to cancel in ways that weren't just a bummer, but were inconvenient for the people I had to cancel on. 
And it was such this drastic change for me. It was this flip to the other end of the spectrum of I come first. And again, it wasn't as simple as like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever I want. I'm going to try out this end of the spectrum. Screw everybody else. It was that I would physically have a response to it that put my life and my health at risk. And I had to learn to navigate that. It was really, really difficult. It was really hard for me to let people down, people that I loved. It was really hard for me to speak my truth, being someone that had swallowed my truth for so long, that had been very careful about when and how I said things and have that luxury anymore. If I felt something, if something was a no, if something didn't feel right, I had to speak it as quickly as possible or I would stop swallowing. And that meant that I could no longer wait for the best right time. I would send the text off even if I knew that the person was in the middle of something important and maybe they wouldn't read it and that's great. It wasn't about them hearing it. The second I needed to say it, it was about, I can't hold this. I physically am unable to hold this for a second longer than realizing it. I had to speak my truth and I felt like such a jerk, like such an asshole. This episode is already explicit. <laughs> I felt like a real asshole. It was so different from how I had been. And it was also not necessarily the way that I wanted to be. Yes, I wanted to honor myself and my needs more, more fully, more quickly, with more honesty and truth. But it was forced upon me. It was forced upon me to, instead of finding my way as we usually do, slowly and through trial and error to this other side, to this middle ground that felt good and healthy and normal for me, or right for me, I had to flip to the other end. I felt like such a jerk. And there were some people that understood and there were a lot of people who didn't. Suddenly I was this mouthy person who said whatever she felt when she felt it and couldn't, or in some of their eyes, didn't consider their circumstances, their situation, where they might be at, whether or not it was the right time, who would rudely to some people leave in the middle of a meal, leave in the middle of a workshop, walk out, leave you in the store when I said I would come to help or call you and say, I'm so sorry, I'm all loaded up and I'm realizing I can't do this, I can't come, I have to cancel, I don't know when I'll be able to reschedule. There were some people that understood that and there was a good amount of people that didn't and still I had to do it because my body would no longer let me lie to myself or other people, it would no longer let me hold or store anything, anything. And so the honey badger phase is something that I talked to my clients about quite a bit, giving them this perspective of it being thrust upon me. Because when we swallow our truth for too long, when we contort ourselves for too long, when we make ourselves small and make ourselves into something that we're not, or the version of self that is palatable and accept acceptable, but not who we fully truly are, it makes us sick. It makes it hard for us to have the type of relationships and opportunities and experiences that we want. And I share the very dramatic end of what can happen when we do that, which is when our body starts to say no more under any circumstances or I will rebel. And I will rebel in ways that are terrifying and terrible for your health and well-being and sanity. I don't want anyone to get to that point that I was at. I will never let myself get back to that point again. I'm sad that I did. I'm also so grateful for the lesson of that, that the body can only hold so much. And at some point it will start to scream at you 
And it will do everything in its power to align you in the way that is best for you and your health and ultimately best for everyone else. So I talk to my clients about the honey badger phase. This is especially important when it comes to making the impossible happen. You cannot be contorting yourself to what everyone else wants and needs of you. You cannot be bending over backwards, trying to be chosen, trying to be special, trying to be irreplaceable, significant to other people. If you're doing that, you're in your subconscious winning strategy. And at some point you will burn out from it. And maybe you will just burn out from it and you will realize, hey, this doesn't work for me anymore. I'm going to change how I show up. Or you might burn out to a degree like I did where your body starts to fail you in a very significant way. We don't want that. We don't want you to hit any kind of wall with this. You have to be conscious to your subconscious winning strategy. We'll link to the episode where we talk about that, where you can start to identify it for yourself. My subconscious winning strategy led me to this breakdown. I was always listening for what was wanted or needed and, and contorting myself to be the best version of that at the expense of myself, my health, my life, my goals, my dreams. You cannot make the impossible happen if you are contorting yourself, if you are putting other people's wants and needs first. The very critical part of this is to understand that this is not permission to actually be an inconsiderate, harmful person, to be an asshole. You're going to feel like one. It doesn't mean that you are. I certainly felt like one. There are still times to this day when my honesty startles even me. I am so honest. And at this point in my journey, because I have healed, because I have honored myself more and more and more, there is space. I don't have to say the thing the second that I feel it. I can wait for a more convenient and appropriate time and setting. I don't have to leave immediately when I decide I don't want to be somewhere anymore. I have a grace window. I can even stay in things that are hard for longer than I want to. I used to have these very intense panic attacks working out with a personal trainer. Because even though it was something I was choosing and something that I wanted to do, my body still perceived it as I am being held here against my will. I don't want to do this and I'm still being made to do this aggressively so with that particular trainer. So I had to heal through that and teach my body that there are some things that we're going to weather. We're going to stay even though I don't want to be here, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it feels suffocating in certain ways. When you're tired of lifting weights and you have someone yelling at you to keep going and you feel like you can't stop, or even if you feel like you can stop, you know you have to stay and go again because this is what you're paying for. This is what you're choosing. That brought up a lot of the anxiety and the panic and the terror in my body. And that was wonderful because it allowed me to heal through it. It allowed me to communicate with my trainer. Look, I am willing to go hard. This is why I'm here. I want to push myself. I want to grow. I want to be stronger. I want you to do what you are doing. And I need you to know that I might have a panic attack because I have this past trauma because my body is, is sorting through. Is this safe? Is this a time that we need to freak out and rebel? It's relearning the difference, the ability, having the ability to discern between I'm being held against my will. I am somewhere I really don't want to be. I am contorting and conforming. And this is hard and uncomfortable and I really don't want to be here, but I am choosing this and this is ultimately good and right for me. So that was a good thing. Back to what I was saying. I went off on a little bit of a tangent there. It's not permission. We don't use the honey badger phase as an excuse to be a jerk, to be inconsiderate of others and to just become flaky with our word. There is a very big difference and you have to have the self-awareness to discern between that. 
There are things that we take and we use them in a bypassy way. We use them as an excuse. This is not what this is about. You might need to enter a honey badger phase, but if you actually don't care about other people, why are you really doing this? Are you using this as a mask, as an excuse, as a fun thing that you can say when people are like, wow, that was really rude that you just totally blew me off or you changed your mind. Oh, I'm in my honey badger phase versus I'm in my honey badger phase. I'm having these symptoms. I'm having these experiences. I'm having to learn to care about myself first, to value my wants and needs first. And I am so sorry that I overcommitted myself and I am only just now realizing that I cannot follow through with this that it will be detrimental to my health and my well-being, but I need to make this change. We acknowledge other people. I acknowledged other people. I was wildly ungraceful in this at first. At least that's how it felt, but I was never inconsiderate. That doesn't mean that everyone's perception of that period of my life is the same as mine. Some people have, probably, I at least know some, have written me off as inconsiderate and selfish. And I totally understand where they're coming from with that because it was such a change on my part to stop being who everyone else wanted and needed me to be. I still cared. I still tried to give as much notice as I could to be as graceful and caring and considerate as I could be. To not forget that other people are still a part of the equation even if I am learning to honor my wants and needs first. And I brought a tremendous amount of self-awareness to it because I started to realize that maybe after a certain window of doing this where I absolutely needed to, maybe that's not true anymore. Maybe what now I need to learn to do now that I've shown myself that I can honor my wants and needs, I've learned to have a voice, I've learned to communicate with people, I've learned to put myself first for the first time in my life, maybe now... I need to teach my body that we can stay in uncomfortable situations, that we can hold our truth for a little bit longer to consider that the other person is having a really big, important day or they're sick and they're not feeling well. This can wait till tomorrow. So I had to go through that process of learning. And like I said, that personal training was a big healing point for me, as well as just learning to work with my body, learning to self-soothe, learning to heal the trauma on a cellular level, to repattern the subconscious that I'm, I'm okay, I'm safe. This is not the trauma from before. To wait and tell my partner tomorrow when I see them after they have this big day, here's how I'm feeling about X, Y, and Z. That is not holding and swallowing my truth. It's not the same thing. It's waiting for the right time. That required self-awareness rather than just being like, ah, oh, honey badger phase for life. Like no one else matters. I don't give a shit. I come first because I have to come first. We have to learn to honor our wants and needs, especially our needs for our safety, our well-being, our ability to show up fully expressed. We have to learn to do that and consider others. This is not permission to be inconsiderate to commit to whatever you want and then flake out because you're in your honey badger face. That's not what this is about. This is about honoring ourselves. If your winning strategy is, is designed, which most of them are, around being what other people want and need, being the best at something, being significant at something, being remarkable, being the chosen one, this is going to feel really difficult for you. 
to enter into your own version of the honey badger phase. It's important that you still, deep down, give a shit. Honey badger don't give a shit. We give a shit. But we are learning to put ourselves first. And you will find that you start to resonate with a different type of person. You might find that people around you who you've been contorting and conforming to are actually happy to give you the space to be who you are. Oh my God, I'm so glad you told me that you hate doing this. Let's find you the role that's right for you. Let's hang out in different places and spaces. I had no idea you didn't like this. I have no problem. Let's go somewhere you want to go. And you will find some people that are resistant to you changing. They don't want you to change. They want you to be who you've been because that serves them in some way. That's comfortable for them. They get their wants and needs met. They get to have the life that they want and you're there inside of it. They don't really have to bother being a part of yours. It will reveal to you who is right for you and who is not, what relationships are safe and those which are not, which ones actually consider you as a person and which ones don't. And that's hard and that's heartbreaking. You have to trust yourself enough to navigate through that, that you matter, your wants and needs matter. You are here and you matter too. And even if a lot of people fall away, a lot of opportunities and communities and places and spaces fall away. New people will come in. People who have already gone through this themselves and therefore value the honoring of self inside of relationships. Who are willing to have those hard conversations to figure out, okay, you want and need this. I want and need that. Is there a middle ground? How do we do that without compromising who we are as people? There is compromise in relationship. There is negotiation. There is not self compromise. It is self-compromise that costs us. It is contorting and conforming ourselves to what everyone else wants and needs, to what we think we need to be, who we should be, who we're expected to be, that costs us and ultimately the other people because eventually we will break down. The relationship will come undone because it's not sustainable. So the honey badger phase is about learning to put yourself and your wants and needs first. And this is so important in making impossible things happen. Whatever feels impossible and out of reach to you, feels that way because of your subconscious winning strategy. We talk about this a lot. Again, check out that first episode where we go deep into this. Your subconscious winning strategy, the thing that has kept you as safe, secure, and successful with as much love and belonging as you have managed to get today is the very thing that makes what you want that feels impossible, feel impossible. We have to step out of this, out of this people pleasing, out of this conforming and contorting. We have to learn to honor ourselves. Otherwise, we're busy being what everyone else wants and needs from us. Going after things that are not important for us. Losing time, energy, and attention to things that other people want versus what we're here to do, who we're here to be. Honey badger phase. For us, we give a shit. You have to give a shit. You have to care. You have to consider others. And you have to learn to do that while putting yourself first when and where it matters. That doesn't mean there are never times that we're like, okay, I don't want to spend the weekend doing this, but I love this person and I do want to help them and I do care and I can show up in this way. We learn to teach our body that these things are different. There is a choice. I am choosing this because I care, because I value this relationship, because it's a one-off thing. It's a rare thing. I can do this for them. I can love them in this way versus I am being forced to contort and conform. I don't feel safe to be anything else. Our body will begin to rebel against that. Honey badger phase. If you need support with this, if you need support identifying your winning strategy and repatterning your subconscious so that you can show up in new ways of being, so that you can navigate these types of 
conflict and tension and conversation and changes in yourself and your relationships with more ease, with more sense of safety and security in yourself, please reach out. We will share a link to book a consultation with me in the show notes, and I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com slash podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.